You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share bad. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the Good luck! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Hello everybody, welcome to Nerd to Know Basis. My name is Daryl Connor. this is Phoenix 92.5 FM, nerdtoknowmedia.com and welcome to the show. This week we have a change to our regularly scheduled programming and we're going to bring you two of the best shows, or two of my personal picks, from uh, the Nerd to Know Media archives. So instead of having a normal show when we don't get to record one or whatever, we're going to bring you stuff from our back catalogue of shows. We have... Hours of shows. I think there's something like over 300 shows or something like that that we have over nerdtoknowmedia.com. So, and they're all free. So, if this is your first time checking this out, please go over to nerdtoknowmedia.com where you'll be able to get all these shows for absolutely zero. No money. It's all there. There's also on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of good stuff there as well. So, please do enjoy the show. And again, if this is your first time checking this out, please do spread the word of the show, Nerd to Know Basis, here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. And of course, nerdtoknowmedia.com Hello and welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that posts your photos and then totally just forgets to tag you. I'm your host Mannequin Blue and today's special guest is photographer Warren Blair of Pixel 35 Photography and Warren Blair Photography. Hiya, thanks for having me on. Hey, how are you doing today? Ah, not too bad, yourself? Yeah, keeping busy. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's all you can do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so Warren, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? So, yeah, I'm a photographer and I go under two headings of the businesses. Warren Blair Photography, which is my weddings and family oriented sort of stuff. And I go under Pixel 35 Photography for my more creative, shall we say, photography. My, the ones that I want to sort of let my hair down and get out of my system. So it would be sort of like the more not CF for work, I would say. It would be more that sort of side of it. Right. And so what kind of, you said it's creative stuff. What kind of creative stuff would you do then? I, I love horror photography. I've been doing quite a bit of it for possibly the last year. So there's the horror stuff. My last shoot was a 1920s flapper girl shoot in Belfast which was exciting, but it can be a range of things. Basically, it would be stuff that I wouldn't want to mix with my wedding and family oriented stuff because I would kind of put them off hiring me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
sometimes you just can't be creative around the children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to sort of rein yourself in a wee bit. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into photography then? Oh, long story. <laughs> I'll give you the short version. No, no, go on, go on. Give us all the juicy details. <laughs> Well, I'm about to show my age right now, so it was close to about 20 years ago. I sort of fell in with my best friend, who still is my best friend, and I was I was just sort of shooting with film cameras at the time. It's just really compact film cameras, and I didn't know anything about photography at the time, and I didn't know it was an art form or anything like that there. I met my friend and went to his house and I saw that he had photographs up and it was stuff that he had taken and printed out for himself and I was like hey they're pretty cool and the more I saw them the more I thought okay this is something I wouldn't mind getting into so again I just started to buy photography magazines and play with my compact camera until I eventually upgraded to digital at the time was becoming all of the rage so I think I was I started out with my own wee two megapixel digital camera thinking I was the bee's knees. <laughs> and so I got my friend to show me the ropes of what makes a good photograph. And I just sort of took it from there. I knew that eventually I wanted to upgrade my camera, but I never seen it as a business up until about three years ago. It was 2016, be closer to four at the end of this year. So yeah, up until 2016, I sort of seen it as just a hobby that I enjoyed doing. I eventually got better and better camera, better and better gear, and just sort of took it from there until one day I basically went and fed up working for other people and decided that I was going to make it into a business. And from there, that's where Warren Blair Photography came about. Brilliant. Yeah, I think that's the case with a lot of creative people is that they just go, ah, I'm, I'm fed up being told what to do. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, I want to spread my wings and <laughs> <laughs> be creative and have fun. Exactly. Yeah. I just got to the point where it was like every job that I went to, there was only one job in the whole of my lifetime that I've enjoyed the most. And that was when I was working in the costume department for Game of Thrones. And I just hate it every other job that I've been in because it's it's either been retail or working in a cafe. So I just decided this is it. This is the time I need to go and get out on my own. Yeah, absolutely. And so then was the wedding and portraiture and stuff like that, was that more out of necessity, you know, that it would fund the creative stuff or was it just kind of something you wanted to do as well? It's at the start, I wasn't really looking at the wedding side of stuff because I had previously done a wedding for friends and I wasn't bigly impressed with how my photos came out because I wasn't working with the proper gear that I needed. And again, at the start of Warren Blair photography being put together, I was still working with what I just had in my hand at the time. So I was kind of doing odd jobs here and there that would sort of facilitate the creative side of it. And then I got more and more requests for people coming to me to do weddings. So I thought, right, okay, this is going to have to be something that I'm going to have to do to keep the business afloat. So then I just decided, okay, let's take on weddings. And it kind of went from there. Yeah, that's great. And it's, I'd say it's hard work shooting a wedding as well. Yeah, I mean, you, you could be on your feet for 10, nearly 12 hours a day, just depending on the sort of photographs that they want. 
you could be there maybe just for the ceremony and the portraits afterwards and then that could be you away or you could go to the other extreme of you're there right from the morning from when the makeup artists and the hair stylists are doing their job right through to the first dance and possibly sometimes you can be after the first dance they can ask you to stay on behind for the dances and stuff you know the fun part that they have I don't get many requests for after the first dance but I take it when I can get it yeah no it's it's definitely like I would say it's big business but like I was at a wedding last year and they had a photographer there and she was there like from the morning she was there taking pictures of everyone getting ready she's taking mm-hmm. pictures of the dress everything like that all the behind the scenes stuff <laughs> then yeah. she came down to the actual you know everybody meeting up at the venue took uh-huh. loads of pictures there took pictures of the ceremony took pictures of everybody after the ceremony but you know, kind of before the reception, kind of the in-between part. She mm-hmm. did all the official wedding photos of the the bride and the bridesmaids and everything, then yeah. stayed on for the reception, took pictures of the reception. And I was just like <laughs> looking at this woman going, my God, I hope you at least get a sandwich or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much a typical wedding for me. So it is Every wedding I've been to actually so far, I've been lucky enough that they've put on a dinner for me as well. So it's been pretty cool. I've sat among the guests as well, which is pretty cool because it, it means then you get to know people and you get to network as well and things like that there. So one wedding might lead on to another if you're sitting beside, you know, wee Jimmy and his niece or nephew maybe in the next year or two is looking for a wedding photographer. You can kind of go, well, there's my card, you know. Yeah, that's it. And even you get people saying, oh yeah, get that guy who did such and such as wedding. He was really good. Yeah, exactly. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's I suppose then that's it's kind of give and take then you're putting in long hours but at the same time you're getting a lot out of it oh yeah yeah it's it's as much as you come home and you go I am knackered you're also coming home going that was a good day you know as well a lot of people seem to think that that's it with photography it's you've been there you've taken the photographs and that's the work done whereas when I go home I have to start backing up all the photos and then edit them and things I got there you know so my work still sort of continues on so it's not just that one day (laughs) you know yeah yeah and actually this is something I've always wanted to ask a photographer because if you're doing Mm -hmm. like a full day like that 12 hours you must have thousands of pictures yeah, I, I've i come home with a typical amount of maybe close to two and a half thousand photographs. And it's basically because I like to be able to give my customers a good range of photographs for them to pick from. And then it also means that you have the chance that I will set out, I have three different packages. So there's the bronze, silver and gold, and you have like a certain amount of images within that package but you also have the option to purchase extra photographs after that for a separate price so I like to be able to sort of give them a wide variety of images so that they can later on go oh we like that one but we like that one as well and we've went over our limit so let's get that one you know Mm -hmm. so it means then they can also pay for extra ones if they need to. Yeah. And then, so if you have, say, 2,000 images or close to 2,000, how do you decide which ones to offer then? I basically load them all into a program called Lightroom by Adobe. Basically, I, I put them in there and I look through them all and make sure that they're all in focus, making sure that, you know, Uncle Andy over the, the corner there is not closing his eyes and I'm taking a photograph of him or, you know, things like that there. 
basically I just whittle them down to the ones that stand out to me the most and are best ones that I'm happy with. I would think, well, my client would be happy with those if I'm happy with them, hopefully. <laughs> I haven't had a problem yet with anybody coming to me and saying, I don't like those. So I think I've been pretty good so far. But yeah, I just I'll load them in the Lightroom, go through them. If there's any that's out of focus, I delete them straight away. Anybody where somebody looks drunk, that they're not supposed to be drunk at that moment in time, <laughs> you know, they get thrown in the bin and I just keep going down. And then before I even edit any photographs at all, I put them onto a website called Pixie Set, where the couple, I send them a link to the album and then they can go through from the comfort of their own home and pick their favorites. So whatever ones that they've picked as their favorite, I will edit for them. Yeah, that's brilliant. There's a photographer that I work with as well. He was on the show in the past, Day 23 Photography. He kind of does similar. So he'll, if we do a shoot together, he'll put all the pictures in a Dropbox. And Mm -hmm. then he kind of, he lets me pick my favorites and then he picks his favorites. And then he kind of, between the two of us, that's what decides what ones he's going to edit then and I just think that's a really cool idea like obviously with Mm -hmm. if it's a wedding then it's totally the bride and groom's choice but yeah I think that's a really cool idea that you you let them see and go right we want this this and this rather than you know editing a bunch and sending them over Mm -hmm. and they're like oh but what about that other picture and yeah exactly and it also shows that before you even edit them it shows where you can go from a photograph straight from the camera to going through the editing process to bring out all of the niceties that everybody sees and it means then they can kind of go okay this guy knows his stuff (laughs) which is always good (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is indeed so then do you find it's quite different doing the creative stuff because that would be kind of more your own personal preference wouldn't it yeah it's the fun side of photography so it is it's a lot of that's making up fake blood (laughs) (laughs) yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah. Oh, you can never have too much fake blood, I'm sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh yeah. I have come home from shoots just completely like looks like I was bathing in ketchup. <laughs> oh yeah. I think one of the worst ones was my evil Alice in Wonderland shit. And I basically had made up like three two liter bottles of water but made them with blood inside and I was just throwing it around everybody uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was just basically yeah it was it looked like a bit of a massacre <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's laughing and smiling at the end oh, of course <laughs> oh yeah I mean we did a behind the scenes video for it as well so we did so it's able to be checked out on my youtube channel it's the same it's pixel 35 photography so I mean it was basically a very good day, but it was a very wet day as well. We had decided to do it on that day because we could get everybody together. And then as soon as we went out into the forest, it just decided, no, it's going to rain. <laughs> it just was not playing ball, but we made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's that's something I always find with horror photographers as well, is they always have to do a behind the scenes of like, look, everybody's okay. We didn't murder anyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it it serves that purpose, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) But it it also serves for, you know, publicity as well. And also it just kind of gives the public an insight into what actually goes into a photo shoot. You know, it's not just everybody turn up and I 
click a few buttons and that's it, it's done. You know, there's a lot of preparation goes behind it, you know, not only from myself, but also from the models as well. I mean, there's weeks and weeks of talking back and forward and preparation and getting stuff together. You know. oh yeah and like especially you know there's if you have to get makeup artists and then if people are building props or costumes mm-hmm. like this could be months in the works exactly yeah definitely yeah uh, so speaking of you know costumes and props and stuff you do quite a bit of cosplay photography as well yeah i kind of come from a cosplay background where i was in a cosplay well i still am but we haven't been able to do much with covid anyway the emerald garrison slash heroes and legends and so i used to do quite a bit of cosplaying with them and once the photography side of things started to come about i kind of put the cosplay to the side in order to build the business up but in the meantime i was also being asked along to conventions to shoot them for the likes of banter flicks and different websites and things like that there and i've made quite a lot of friends out of doing that as well you know Mm -hmm. and I think that's actually probably where you and I met would have been comic-con right yes I think it is actually yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it was actually Facebook first I think I maybe I saw some of the stuff that you did and I was like oh okay I'll I'll add you you'd be great for a photo shoot or something (laughs) you know But not that it was just photo shoots. I mean, you look like a totally interesting person to you in general. <laughs> <laughs> Don't open that door. There's a whole lot of crazy in there. <laughs> I think there's a whole lot of crazy in a lot of people. So, yeah. So. Well, I mean, the, the best people, the most creative and interesting people are definitely absolutely bonkers. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, Albert Einstein, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he had the hair, though. You know, the cool hair. Oh, <laughs> oh exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. killed it. <laughs> <laughs> so for anyone listening at home, where is the best place to keep up to date with you? Probably Facebook would be the best. So if you go onto Facebook and search for either Pixel 35 photography or Warren Blair photography, you can come across them pretty easily. Failing that, I'm also the same on Instagram and YouTube is also Pixel35 Photography. I haven't started a YouTube for Warren Blair Photography yet, but I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that, see, that's the problem as well, is that you do so much, it becomes more work. Yeah, exactly. The YouTube for Warren Blair Photography would be if I was to do like a, a bridal shoot as a, for myself and not to actually be paid for it and if the model is happy enough doing it behind the scenes that would be pretty cool you know yeah I think you could definitely get some people interested because your work is fantastic oh thank you very much (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm totally not looking at it right now being like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) no and so I'm just looking at it here you do a lot of live music events as well yes love doing the gigs it's mostly rock and metal gigs that I'm into. It's just my personal preference of music. And to be able to shoot those gigs is fantastic. It's absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, no, and the pictures are amazing. Like, seriously, everybody at home, check them out. Because <laughs> they're really, really good, and you're missing out if you don't look. <laughs> so anyone who is thinking about 
maybe starting up photography, what kind of advice could you give them? Basically, I would say don't. Don't. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Just don't. <laughs> yeah. This, this is not a cheap hobby to get into. As you well know yourself with cosplay as stuff to get there, it's again, it's not a cheap hobby to get into. Photography is even more expensive depending on what you're wanting to do. But I suppose if you, if you are adamant to do it, I would say do a lot of sort of reading up on what sort of photography you want to get into, check out other people's work and just sort of, you know, take it from there. Also, the biggest thing would be just take whatever camera you have at hand and get out there and start shooting. It's the best way to learn. Yeah, I would even I would even add to that. Find photographers that you like and ask them, like, don't be afraid to ask them questions. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I did exactly the same when I was first starting into it. I, I was lucky that I joined a lot of model and photography groups on Facebook. And a lot of the ones that are in there are only more than happy to help give you advice and you know criticize your work should you need it or just be there to sort of go yeah well done you know yeah and that's something I found as well is that generally photographers are more than happy to help just because they want you to do well that you know they want the industry to be elevated because it makes everybody look good it's very rare that you actually find a photographer who's like no I'm not going to tell you you got to figure it out for yourself and if that is the case you just you go, okay, thank you very much. Leave them alone. Find someone else to bother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was very fortunate that I never really had anybody sort of go, no, I'm not helping you. But I also relied heavily on YouTube as well. It's a fantastic teacher. <laughs> it's basically anything you want to know about photography, just type it into YouTube and there's bound to be a video on it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's That's something that photographer friends of mine would say as well they're like YouTube is amazing <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's I think I think I've learned more from YouTube than reading the magazines and stuff that I did but I've definitely learned more from actually going out there and playing with my camera to start with it's basically I'm that type of person where I learn by doing stuff so I need to get out there and start playing with a camera and if there's something that I don't understand well then Google's very good and so is YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah practice 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 yep, and exactly. learn as much as you can. <laughs> yeah practice makes perfect. <laughs> yeah and it's just, it's the same with any art form really like don't be afraid especially if it's digital photography like you're not wasting paints or materials or anything mm -hmm. at, at the very most you know you're wasting electricity or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, digital is fantastic. I mean, it's it's come on leaps and bounds within the last 10, 15 years. You're not having to go out and buy films anymore to load into your cameras and things like that. You're using memory cards so you're, and you're able to see it on the screen straight away as well, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's not like those uh, those old disposable cameras where you had to wind them and, mm -hmm. and then you take a picture and then you go get to, get it developed and you have to wait and see. Yeah, and you and for the last couple of frames you're just taking photographs of your pets and the back of your mum's head and 
Oh, well, now, <laughs> hang on a second now. There's nothing wrong with it with some good pet photos. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. <laughs> oh, don't look at my phone. <laughs> Just full of pictures of pets. <laughs> oh, mine's exactly the same with our three cats. I'm always taking photographs of them. Ah, but I'd say you get the really good, you know, the high def <laughs> pictures of cats. <laughs> you can see every whisker. <laughs> uh, well, it depends on the camera. Not every photograph's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah, that's because they move around. They, they don't yeah. know. They don't know how to do photo shoots. They don't know. Okay, no. sit still now. This is going to be really good. <laughs> yeah, that's it. They always said, don't work with pets or kids and it's I can see where that comes from definitely yeah <laughs> although to be fair now I actually knew someone who she had it was a pet photo studio and her pictures were amazing I was like how do you do that because <laughs> they're dogs you know they're jumping around yeah. and everything and it's they were just oh it's just so good <laughs> time, I, I bet you she stayed a lot of time and patience and treats treats yeah I, yeah. I would say that well I, I only learned that maybe a couple of years ago you know mm -hmm. to get the dog to look at the camera you hold up the treat just above yeah, it <laughs> exactly <laughs> but then of course if it's my dog she just jumps at the camera <laughs> <laughs> so before we go is there anything that you would like to talk about that we haven't touched on i think i'm all good actually i've nothing really in the works at the moment that i could advertise as such i think the whole the whole covid19 thing has kind of put a stop in the works to everything at the moment really not just photography but everybody I think yeah I've kind of noticed that like a lot of the people that come on the show that we talk to they'll say you know oh, I'm taking a break or I'm not updating my Instagram or I'm not really mm. doing anything at the minute and <laughs> like I, I don't really blame them I'm kind of the same it's just you know yeah keep yourself busy <laughs> yeah it, exactly I mean it's it's kind of it's kind of been a double-edged sword where it's been hard to put the camera down but it's also been nice to get a, a bit of a, a rest as well you yeah know? I think everybody kind of needed a rest because we work in a in a society where it's very much gig economy and you're you're hustling all the time and you're networking mm -hmm. and then when the jobs do come in they usually come in all at once and you yeah. take all of them because <laughs> exactly. you don't know when you're going to get more <laughs> and you don't sleep and you don't eat and you work, you know, 12, 14 hour days, six days mm -hmm. in a row. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, the bills need paid. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I hope everybody is, is taking the time to, to just rest, you know, cause there was, yeah. there was a huge movement for the first couple of, months I think it was where everyone decided this is the time that you need to learn new skills and you need to mm -hmm. learn a language and an instrument and yeah. do all the stuff that you were putting off and then people were just getting more burned out than yeah, normal exactly I think they were putting far too much pressure on themselves to sort of go from one thing to the other and it, I think you know just I would see it more as like the Christmas holidays just sit about and eat and watch tv and do things at your leisure, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what day it is and I'm full of cheese. <laughs> yeah. That, that's exactly me. <laughs> yeah. I don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Warren, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. No, honestly, thank you for taking the time. It's been great. <laughs> it's been a pleasure being on. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone listening at home, make sure you check out Warren's social media, check out Pixel 35 Photography and Warren Blair Photography and support Warren and, you know, by extension, support all of the models that he works with and everything, because this is what we're all about is supporting each other. If you enjoyed this episode of Doing It For The Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-I-F-T-E Hello, and welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that reports all of the very important things. I'm your host, Mannequin Blue, and today's special guest is journalist, graphic designer, and performer, Melissa Carton. Hi. Hi, how's it going? I wasn't sure if my sound was working there. We got a very enthusiastic hello. (laughs) (laughs) So how are you doing? Pretty good. Not much going on. Lockdown and everything. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of a running theme. Like the show has been running for about six months, probably longer at this point. I think we started like last May and every single episode starts with, ah, you know, lockdown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Will it ever end? I don't know. I think we're we're just in limbo for the next 20 years or so. I know. I, w- I want it to be, you know, at least open up a bit for the summer so we could see people. Do yeah. <laughs> see the sunshine, you know, not from a window. <laughs> so you're you're quite a diverse person in that you do journalism and graphic design and performance and all of that. So do you want to kind of jump into, you can start wherever you want, because I know that's that's a lot of very diverse points. But yeah, if you want to tell us just a little bit about what you do and how you got into it. Well, my main job is as a journalist, I've been writing for Her.E for the past three years. And I wrote for other websites before that. As far as the kind of more performance and the things, I started doing that. Back when I was a teenager, I started in Dublin Youth Theatre and then got some parts with Dublin Fringe Festival through that and then ended up expanding to some small bits in film and TV and music videos down the line. The graphic design aspect came when I went to film college and I ended up taking a liking to creating graphics and stuff and I've done some for musicians over the last couple of years and last year in lockdown I did the album cover for a musician friend and you know that's out in the world now and it's kind of weird like seeing an album cover that I designed yeah that's really cool though yeah no it was brilliant so so which album is this then you know if people want to look it up it's Irish trad musician called Donal O'Connor there's a few different ones but I'm pretty sure his website is the only donalo'connor.ie but it's called Black and Blue. And like, if you're someone who likes music, that's sort of along the lines of James Taylor or anything like that. It's very, that kind of vibe. Oh, very cool. I'm totally not just looking for it and having a sneak. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I do this. I stalk all my guests. (laughs) Oh no, but that's really, really cool. So would you say then that the performance kind of came first and then the graphic design was something you fell in love with or kind of what was the order of that yeah the performance definitely came first I started doing kind of singing and things back when I was in primary school I was in a competitive choir and then in secondary school was in musicals and things and then through Dublin Youth Theatre realized actually this is something I might kind of like to pursue as a career 
I, I don't know if I'd recommend it to everyone. It's like, I think there should be more funding for the arts and it should be a more viable career. But yeah, I think it was like 10 years or so I was going on auditions and there was a couple of years where I was consistently getting roles and I kind of thought, oh, this is it. Things are going to kick off. And then they just didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then COVID happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. even last year, last January, February, I was auditioning for things. I was also supposed to be writing a show for a theatre festival. And then COVID happened. So yeah. all of that was cancelled. Yeah. And it's it's kind of one of those things where like arts and performance and all that kind of thing. It was always fairly hit and miss anyway. You know, like you said, it, it's hard to really make a living at it. And then when the ball gets rolling, sometimes it can stop halfway through or, you know, whatever it is. And then so for everyone who was kind of working before lockdown hit, we were already kind of struggling and then lockdown hit and it was gone. Yeah, no, I've seen it happen to so many people. And I used to work at a lot of burlesque and cabaret shows. And like, I've seen people attempt to kind of put them online now. So they're still making some kind of revenue, but it's so hard. And anyone who used to work at music festivals or anything like that, all their work has been gone. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing about it as well is that this is something that I've noticed people saying is that when it started, we were told, oh, it's just going to be two weeks. And I think we were past the one year anniversary of two weeks at this point. Yeah, I think so. Because I think someone in my job shared the last day they were in the office. And that, yeah, that was like last week or something. So yeah, because yeah. Paddy's Day was cancelled last year as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Because I remember a lot of people were very upset about that. And we were like, well, look, if it's only two weeks and it helps. But, you know, here we are still not through to the other side of that. But on a happier note, let's let's talk a bit more about you and less about sad, depressing things. So, yeah, you do a lot of journalism as well. How did you kind of get started into that? Well, I always enjoyed writing. I was just one of those kids who entered every kind of writing competition. And it was kind of happened by accident through acting. I realized I liked creating the shows and like creating characters. And I wrote a couple of shows for Dublin Youth Theatre. And then it was kind of on the back burner for a while. I was just concentrating on performing. But then uh, there was a friend of mine, Dara Malouli, he's the bearded Irishman on Instagram, and he was working for an online music and fashion website, and they needed someone who was working in fashion, which I was at the time, to kind of be a contributor and do like a column with them. And then I ended up getting a job with them as their deputy fashion editor. And it was through that that the ball started rolling. And I went from that website to chunk.ie to goss.ie and then up to her.ie that I'm working with now. All right. So you've been kind of, you've been doing this for a good while. You've been, I suppose, through the journalism ages. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking now, maybe eight years or something. All right. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and so that would be more of a regular gig as well. Yeah. And it's really changed over the years. Like I started, like I said, in fashion. And then with Chunk Daddy, I was actually writing 
the weird and supernatural stuff. My first series with them was like creepy Christmas traditions, which was like Krampus and like the Yule lads and stuff like that. And just kind of weird, wacky stories and anything that was like true crime or Irish traditions like banshees and stuff. Mm -hmm. And now I'm writing kind of everything. It's a mix of things because like I still write true crime pieces, but they're for her because I was talking to... I think now I was tra- I was interviewed recently about one of the true crime pieces but uh, yeah it's a mix of things it's been a journey <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well I mean it makes sense because you're already such a diverse person that it would make sense that you're kind of writing a bit about everything yeah and like it's one of the things I really enjoy with the job I'm doing now is that I'm not kind of pigeonholed into writing one type of thing we do like news pieces we do entertainment we do a bit of fashion as well we do opinion pieces I did one there during two weeks ago about being a woman that has ADHD because a lot of times if you're neurodiverse as a woman you're less likely to get diagnosed and I wasn't diagnosed until I was in my 20s so I think it was like important topic to talk about so I did a piece on my experience with it. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm with you there 100%. Like it is so important. And it's great that you're using your, you know, your way of expressing yourself to kind of put that out there as well. And maybe it'll help someone you don't even know. Yeah, you never do know. Because I think articles, like even going back to reading teen magazines, and you see an interview with someone that you looked up to, and you're like, oh, actually, they have that same kind of insecurity, or they have that same thing that I have. Oh, you know, it's just kind of that feeling of not feeling feeling like you're on your own yeah exactly it's kind of a solidarity thing but it's I think in a sense it kind of validates your feelings as well you know because a lot of the time you go well is it just me who feels this way am I being silly and then you see no other people actually relate and so it kind of helps you come to terms as well yeah absolutely and you know it's just kind of a thing growing up and not knowing that I had ADHD or anything like that you know I always felt awkward I always felt oh there's something wrong with me and that's why no one wants to be friends with me that's why I get bullied in school and then one of the things with performing when I joined Dublin Youth Theatre I found I very easily made friends and people were very accepting me they liked me they wanted to talk to me and that was when I kind of went oh hang on maybe there's nothing actually wrong with me maybe it's just these other people the problem was with them and then when I started college one of my lectures noticed that I was having trouble focusing and I had a lot of anxiety and panic attacks and that was when I went and got officially diagnosed. Wow yeah it's it's amazing that the support you can get from creatives and other people who are not even necessarily going through something similar but maybe they just they know the signs and they can see it and you know they can kind of point you in the right direction. Yeah absolutely and I think sometimes like that if it's not like with everyone because I don't want to say like everyone that's like on the spectrum or has something neurodiverse as like a manic pixie dream girl but a lot of people you know they have interests that they're very passionate about and they talk about them a lot and maybe they do dress quirky and stuff I know I do and when you're around other artistic people they're kind of the same so even like that if they're not neurodiverse they still have similar interests and they're as passionate 
as with their thing so they they just accept that you talk in a really passionate way and constantly want to talk about your interests yeah yeah and it, it is one of the things that I find great about kind of the creative scene especially in Ireland like obviously in other places too but especially in Ireland it's very very accepting and supportive and social and it's kind of it's almost like a big family yeah like that's so small and you, you, you meet one person from one group and it turns out that you know because I was at Body and Soul there what was it 2019 and there was Katrina from Body Paint Dublin and I went up and I was chatting to her and one of my friends who was with me came over to see who, who I was talking to and were like oh hi Katrina because they went to college with her yeah <laughs> you know everyone just knows everyone it's such a small island <laughs> But yeah, no, t- totally. I mean, it's the same with like anyone you meet. I mean, we get people on the show who they'll message in and they'll say, hey, I was listening to my friend's episode. And, <laughs> and then you're chatting to them and then you realize they know six other people that you know. And it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter where you go. I was on a film set for a film called Glassland a couple of, no, it was a good few years ago now. I think it was 2014. And I was just standing there in the costume department. One of the girls that worked in the costume department just walked up to me and she goes, oh, I know you. You have family in Boyle in Roscommon. And then she just kept walking and I never saw her again. I'm like, how did she know that? How does she know me? (laughs) You're like, wait, come back. I need more information. (laughs) The cryptic lady who knew about your family and then just disappeared into the night. Never saw her again. Oh, that's kind of creepy, actually. <laughs> oh, it's going to end up on a true crime po- podcast somewhere, I think. <laughs> no, no, happy thoughts. <laughs> but, but yeah, so you, you've kind of, you've been on both sides of it. You know, you've got the, the regular writing gig, but you've also been on the performance side where you're kind of scrounging for work. And that's how I met you. <laughs> which is through something else, which was body painting. Yeah. Which happened well, the, the first time I was ever body painted oh god it was about 10 years ago but then there was like a huge gap between the next time I was and it was really mainly to get body confidence back for me like I d- had done modeling before having kids and then afterwards I had photographers who had worked with me before that wanted to shoot with me again I was like oh but you know if you know I had a cesarean and my stomach's hanging over like my pants and you know I really didn't feel great in myself and there was a makeup artist who wanted just see she was competing in a show and she was like oh can I just model you'll be completely covered in like body paint no we'll see your body anyway and I was like yeah okay if it will help you out and after doing that like I was in I think it was the RDS or something and I was just in body paint and pants and I was just like I was walking around this room with hundreds of people not bothered by the fact I was just in body paint and pants I was like oh okay and then I, I actually, yeah, I ended up doing it at the Lighthouse Cinema for the launch of one of the Star Trek movies then. It was Into Darkness. Yeah. And I was painted into the Starfleet uniforms. And I think it was one of the morning programs for RTE. I was like, this is going out in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing any clothes. <laughs> this, should be an, this should be an after nine o'clock in the evening kind of thing, but... <laughs> But then, yeah, I ended up working with people like I started working with yourself and Shauna and other people up at the camera club. 
and it just made such a difference and I also have this like incredible portfolio of photos like when I upload onto social media people are just like is that you that doesn't look like you like what is this like especially with some of the really crazy ones like there was the all purple one for the mermaid shoot and then there was one where I was like had like an orange design painted all over me like there's been some really wild ones but they look amazing and then there's been the body paint shows even the virtual one that we still did last year I think it was August or September and we were up in the studio filming there because we couldn't actually go to Austria to take part we're just like live streaming ourselves getting body painted (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's great though like uh, like you said with the whole body confidence thing I'd have to agree a hundred percent because like I started out as a body painter And then I kind of fell into the modeling side by accident. And that was more because I was usually at events where we'd be short of models or something and I'd have to jump in. And it really does give you confidence, like 100%. Yeah. And oh, like it's hard to even describe it to people who haven't had it done because I can totally accept people going and going, oh, no, I couldn't stand there in the nip and have someone paint me. But you really feel like you're clothed. You feel like there's stuff on you. You don't feel like like you're naked at all yeah you you feel like you're wearing like the best outfit you've ever worn in your life and it just gives you such confidence and you're like strutting around being like I am amazing yeah and like I've gotten to meet people like I said like yourself that like I, I've gotten to know really well and then they're like with Shauna I we work together because I was supposed to write something for the Bram Stoker Festival 2020 but that couldn't happen because no live events were going on but she ended up making over myself my husband and two kids into vampires with like crazy prosthetics and stuff and contacts that she like got and we were on billboards all over Dublin and it ended up on Ireland AM as well it was just like crazy I think I saw those actually it was really cool I was like oh look at the little vampire kids so cute (laughs) yeah we were going to kind of for like an 80s early 90s vampires kind of a lost boys vibe yeah (laughs) (laughs) I definitely got that from I was like it's really lost boys but uh, that was like so much fun I'd like to think Jada was there like in my kitchen trying to do it all on her sense oh wild times but like it was incredible to be able to do that and support her with like her makeup art and also be able to promote her and be like hey that's your stuff on a billboard yeah no Shauna's great we actually we had her on the on a previous episode and she created a body paint look just for us kind of thing as well and we shared it on social media like she's really lovely yeah and like she does so much as well like she does the body painting and then she makes stuff and then she does nails and she she just does everything Uh, yeah I think she she did that actually she did a body paint on herself but then she also made the headpiece and then she had the big nails as well and I was like that is so much effort to put in like fair play to her she's really really good she's incredible like the people I've met doing creative pursuits is just 10 out of 10 would recommend them to a friend but like even a couple of years ago I I kind of have a thing where I apply for things even if they terrify me because I just like nah let's try something new this year (laughs) and a couple of years ago I applied to go to like sort of like a music retreat with Girls Rock Dublin who are like a great organization that help young women get into music and they brought me along with them to Berlin and they also brought Alice my little girl who was 
think she was 10 months old at the time. And oh, wow. This was EU funded. So we got sent for free our like cabin that we were staying in because it was kind of like in like the Phoenix Park, but there was like little cabins you could like live in there and camping. And that was paid for. There was a vegan chef there who like made meals for us. It was like crazy amazing. And there was all these different young women from all across Europe. And we got together and we created music and we got to do a gig in Berlin. And I made like so many amazing friends through that. It was a once in a lifetime experience. And it was lovely to do with Alice as well. She won't remember it, but like I remember bringing her. And like, even like, I still get messages from people and they're just like, how is Alice? Like, they're not interested in me. <laughs> like, messaging, like, from Germany and Iceland and Poland. They're like, how's Alice? that is so good like I actually I do I I I do see your post scope with your kids and you know you have your son who's like an actor and then you've got your little girl who's who was like an international rock star at 10 months old and I'm just like these kids are so cool (laughs) like I feel like particularly with Eric he's kind of like he doesn't even realize it because he's like his first acting gig when he was a few weeks old for Vikings and he's he's done a couple since and he did a couple of modeling gigs and he just thinks it's normal he thinks everyone does it and like I come home covered in body paint and he he doesn't even blink he's just like oh hey uh, what were you today (laughs) (laughs) that is so cool like those those kids are going to be so cool (laughs) they're adults they're just going to be like way up there doing all the really cool stuff yeah but I definitely think with Alice I'm going to have to like start putting money aside for NCAD because she's (laughs) already like doing all the art at home drawing on herself and I can't even say don't do that because she's seen me getting body painted yeah it's like like I can't even tell her off for it because I've done it (laughs) I learned it from watching you yep (laughs) (laughs) oh it's it's honestly it's really really nice to hear families that are kind of being creative together because you don't get a lot, or at least in my experience, you don't get a lot of that. I know I think Shauna's family is the same. They're very creative together, but it's it's really nice to see. Yeah, well, my mom was similar to yourself. She used to work doing face paint and balloons. <laughs> so I'd go around to different parties or events she was going to, and she'd be doing all the face painting and the balloons. And, you know, she'd be making like motorbikes stuff out of balloons. And everyone was like, oh, do you like, like, no, I want to get a balloon now. I was like, nah, I can get whatever one I want when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I'm gonna wait I'm gonna wait till I get home and get the really good one that no one else got (laughs) oh that's amazing (laughs) I'm so jealous of your life right now (laughs) do you want my mom to send you a balloon I do and I'll send her one (laughs) but if people want to follow along with your like crazy amazing life on social media where's the best place to do that my Instagram is probably where I spend most of my time. So that's Melisa Moore. Like M-E-L-I-S-E-A-M-O-U-R. It's kind of awkward. I feel like I always pick awkward usernames. <laughs> okay, because I needed to have sort of like an alias when I worked for Chunk.ie. Mm-hmm. And 
I realized when I got married, my name would be Melissa Moore. And then when I said it really quickly, it sounded like Melissa Moore. And that's how that happened. Oh, that's amazing. Well, that's, <laughs> no, that's really good, actually, because like your name has a story behind it and it's kind of sentimental as well, which is great. And like, it's not really that awkward to spell. Like, it, it's better than, you know, when I when people say to me, what's your social media? And I'm like, oh, it's Mannequin Blue. And they're like, how do you spell that? <laughs> So it's actually good, yeah. So yeah, everybody, Melissa Moore, all one word. Follow her because she's doing really cool stuff. And even just for the kids, because the kids are the cutest and they're always doing cool stuff. They, They always get the best kids. well see because the kids obviously they're creative and they're doing cool stuff but like they have the cuteness factor as well yeah (laughs) I don't have the cuteness factor (laughs) Uh, you do you do you do you just you know you don't have the little blonde ringlets that's all no (laughs) (laughs) but yeah support Melissa and her awesome family that you'll be seeing on billboards at some point soon again because I guarantee you will be which is fine but is there anything that you would love to talk about that we didn't touch on yet? Yeah, you know, during the time that I was acting, I was also going for a lot of presenting gigs. And while I did get some, I was I was working for a festival TV for a little while, and that was promoting like local community festivals. And then I worked for Dublin Fashion Festival, presenting with them. But I felt like a lot of time you get quite pigeonholed mm-hmm. into a certain type of presenting and like I said earlier I did my degree in science and I would apply for different science presenting gigs never got them and there was one time in particular that was like really frustrating I'd gone along to an audition and it was for a video games presenting show and they said they wanted one man and one woman I get along to this and I'm the only woman there It was a room full of men going up to audition. I'm the only woman. So I was feeling pretty confident. And add to that, that like I play video games. I've always played video games. I have a good knowledge of them. I was like, okay, like I've pretty much got this in the bag. Because I was the only woman, I had to audition with absolutely all of the men. So instead of just doing like a five minute audition slot, I was there for hours doing the audition pieces with all the men that was auditioning. So it took up an entire day, but I was like, you know what, it's worth it if I get the job, which I thought, hands down, I'm getting. And then afterwards, after spending the whole day auditioning, being the only woman there, they told me that they decided to go in a different direction and that there would just be a man presenting it. Oh my goodness. So they, um, they wasted a, like, it's not even that you went in and you did the five minute audition or whatever. Like you were there all day. They wasted an entire day. An entire day. I Like it's annoying enough when you kind of feel like you didn't get something because they were just like, oh, video games and science. That's kind of more for boys. It's annoying when you feel it that way and then when you go and you're the only woman up for like the one female position and then they decide to cancel the female position and on top of that waste your time it's oh it was beyond frustrating yeah I mean you have every right to feel that way oh my goodness I would be so angry no but I also just felt like it was a really missed opportunity for them because I think don't realize how many women play video games they they really don't and it's like if you want both men and women to buy this game that you're talking about because they were advertising a game of theirs as well it's just like 
well, why wouldn't you have a woman there so that women could relate and, you know, you'd make double the money? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're doubling your customer base that way. Like, wh- why would you exclude half of your customer base? This doesn't make any sense. No, and it, it's just so crazy that still in this day and age, people just like that assume women don't play video games, they don't watch sci-fi, they don't read comic books, and it, it's not the case at all, and women have always done it, like even my grandmother, the day of her wedding, because they hadn't had a lot of money herself and my granddad went down to the corner shop and bought comic books and just went home with them. <laughs> that was their reception. <laughs> that is so cute. <laughs> I mean, even for myself, I play more video games than my partner does. And I suppose I don't play as many as I used to, but that's still saying something. Yeah, and a lot of my friends, because I was in like the video game society in college. So a lot of them are big gamers. The best one, hands down, and everyone in my friend group would admit it, the best one that will be everyone at the video games is one of my female friends. Yeah. It's frustrating on many levels. No, it, it, it absolutely is. And I think it's kind of, thankfully, these days, it's kind of going more towards the other way where I think women are being a little bit more included in things, but it's still going very, very slowly. Yeah, and there's still the whole thing of don't announce you're a woman if you're online gaming because the harassment is real. Yeah, well, there's, see, there's the harassment and then there's also kind of the accusations that, oh, she's only saying that for attention. You know, she wants people to think she's cool. She doesn't really play video games games it is a kind of a double-edged sword yeah absolutely like even with myself on twitter and online games i would just pick a super neutral username because i'm just like yeah i don't i don't want anyone sending me either messages trying to come on to me or messages harassing me none of that yeah I mean, <laughs> you know? I, I used to play online a bit i don't really anymore for that very reason the thing about it is you don't even have to actually be a woman playing online if you just play a female character people will message you oh yeah yeah and they they don't know anything about you like you could be a dude playing a female character and you will still get guys trying to slide up into those dms and then you ask for like their Venmo or their Revolut. <laughs> <laughs> but you might as well make some money from it. <laughs> People listening, be nice to your artists, but also be nice to your female gamers because someday we'll be in charge and you'll be sorry. <laughs> charge all of the <laughs> Have to ask permission. <laughs> no, but seriously. <laughs> We're here, we're not going away, and we're not just doing it for the attention. (laughs) Yeah, so Melissa, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show and having the chats with us. Yeah, same with you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's been great. And again, anyone at home listening, check out Melissa's Instagram and support her and read all her articles on her.ie as well because she's doing some great work for them, which is brilliant, and we want to keep that going. Yep. So, if you enjoyed this episode of Doing It for the Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at DIFTE Podcast. You can also check out our stream on nerdtoknowmedia.com. We stream bi weekly on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 